Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and each week on this podcast, I talk to some of the most fascinating people on the planet in all areas of life, from mindset to fitness to spirituality, and of course, business. Look, I believe you deserve success in all the areas of your life, not only business. But before we get into today's show, you may want to join us on our next Work Hard, Play Hard experience. This year, we're going to be going to Mykonos and Marrakesh. In these experiences, I have hand-selected a group of high-performing business people who are seeking more balance, connection, and they want to celebrate their wins as a reward for the hard work that they put in. If you want someone to curate once-in-a-lifetime experiences and force you to play more, rush over to workhardplayhardexperience.com. Fill out an application so we can jump on a discovery call to see if this is a good fit for you. And remember, excuses are over. It's time to live. I was out on a run and I had a heart attack. And I think that that is a sign that you just can't ignore what your gut has been telling you anymore. I was living a life that wasn't aligned with my priorities. It didn't matter how many things I gave up at work, all my time and my energy was going to work first. But my priorities, like if you put them on a piece of paper, would say family was first. But I had zero energy still to give to my family. And I just got to the point where I realized, okay, all these little changes aren't really helping me, or I'm changing the wrong things probably, but these changes aren't helping me live aligned with my priorities. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. Today on the show is Jackie Ellis. So I wanted to have Jackie on the show today. It's a little bit of a different show. Jackie does my Facebook ads. And I had a conversation with her when we were talking about strategy to do Facebook ads for the new course that we're creating um, about living your dream life. And I learned that she was going through some really significant struggles in her life. In fact, she was working so hard that she went out for a run one day and she had a heart attack. And that led us into this great story about living a life that you want to live from a healthy, inspiring way. And if you're not careful, you could actually have a heart attack. So I just asked her if she would please be willing to be on the show to discuss that story. And that led us into lots of other stories as well. So I really believe that you will enjoy this episode. So without further ado, please enjoy this wide ranging conversation with Jackie Ellis. Jackie, welcome to the show. Hey, Rom. Thank you. I'm so happy to get to chat with you. This is going to be awesome. Okay. So I think a good jumping off point would be to take you back to around 2002. When you started your journey, you were working in the fitness world. Can you sort of paint a picture of, and we're going to, there's going to be a through line here. Can you paint mm -hmm. a picture of the stress that you were going through working in the club, preparing for fitness shows, 
being a mom for your two kids, like take me back to that early 2000s uh, time. Yeah. So actually the stress probably accumulated later than the early 2000s for me. But looking back now to the early 2000s, <laughs> I'll, I'll get into this in, in a little bit, but I think I never paid attention to indicators that my body had been trying to tell me about stress, right? And just kind of always pushing pushing that down. I think as a mom, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do things a certain way. Like you should work, you shouldn't work. You should work part-time, you should work full-time. You should make everything from scratch. You should cook organic, buy organic, do all the things, right? And I kind of succumbed to that as a mom, trying to do all the things and not just do it not just do it, but do it the way that I thought I was supposed to do it, right? So I had my first daughter in 2005. I almost had to think about that. We're in driver's ed right now. So I should know that year, right? God bless. <laughs> God bless you. I have, I have the benefit of having a 24-year-old and a six-year-old. Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> so I've been I've been through it and I'm ter- I was terrified then and I'm going to be terrified when I do it again. So I'm I'm right there with you. Okay, well that sounds promising. <laughs> yeah, oh, for it's, me. <laughs> it's, it's it was it was terrible. It was I'm not going to lie, it was horrible. But go ahead. <laughs> so, um around that time, I had started to transition from working part-time in the fitness industry. I taught classes, I did personal training. I mean, I had been in the industry for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And um, had my second daughter and decided to move full time in. And because we thought, you know, that would be a better, provide more opportunity for our family for both of us to be working full time, right? For whatever reason. Well, it, it created too much stress for me in my life. It created a situation where I was drinking a pot of coffee every morning just to get you know, going, working all day, coming home. And when my kids were a little bit older, coming home and still having five hours of driving kids to practices, right? Picking up from school, going to soccer, going to volleyball, doing this, doing that. And some days I would come home and just be dead on the couch, you know, as soon as I walked in the door. And I was like, this is not the way that I want to live my life. This isn't fair to my kids. I don't have any energy for them. It's not fair to my husband. It's just not something that has to change. Well, I had been thinking this. And then one day I was actually training for a fitness competition. So doing the whole diet, lifting everything, right? I was out on a run and I had a heart attack. And I think that that is a sign that you just can't ignore what your gut has been telling you anymore. Right. Well, we're going to get into that. I want to. I want to spend a considerable amount of time there, but I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to stick some pins in the timeline because I think this is mm-hmm. important for people. So I'm going to. I want to stay back in that time. Okay. And I want you to tell me, if you would, back then, how did you think about stress? So, in other words, you got the pot of coffee, you mm-hmm. got the kids. You're, you're, you got a fitness competition, you're grinding, right? You're grinding. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, like, did you think about stress back then or was it like, I'm just going to push through it? Yeah. This is so interesting to think about. I haven't thought about this actually in a while. Definitely push through. Definitely. What was the alternative? Letting someone down, letting my husband down, letting my kids down, letting myself, like, I felt everyone else's expectations on me. The only choice that I had was to push that stress down and keep pushing through. And so there were signs along the way that I needed to pay attention to. For example, I had this crippling 
pain in my neck. I couldn't turn my head over my right shoulder to back my car out of the driveway. And instead of addressing it from the root of the problem, something in my life probably needed to change. I was seeing massage therapist. I was going to a physical therapist. I was trying to solve the problem at more of the surface level, right? But oh, definitely, Rob, whole life, push through. All right. So I want to move forward a little bit to around 2016. And there was a, there was a time for you where uh, you sent your two girls away for the summer. And you were just left to your own devices, to your own minds. Mm -hmm. And you were forced in a way to slow down because you didn't have that, you know, the stimulation that comes with two children. Talk to me a bit about what it felt like just being with your thoughts. This is so interesting. What? Well, it's always scary, I think, when you're used to pushing things down and pushing through to actually sit and face what's in front of you or to face your thoughts. And it, it's interesting looking back on that because it's so obvious that that had just bubbled up. And once you, once you let things that had been you know festering or you had been pushing down, just kind of let that open, what's going to happen? Right? And Obviously, something happened at that point, but that's a very uncomfortable place to be to admit that you need to make a change, to realize the feelings and the stress that you have been under. That's scary. Yeah. So, absolutely. Even though I was really excited to send my kids away for a month to be with grandma and grandpa, you know, it did leave me with my own thoughts and my own stuff. You know, it's interesting. We, we have these distractions that are in our life. And by distractions, I'm putting them in quotes because it's not to trivialize children or, or anything of the sort. But we have these, these things that come up that keep us distracted, work, children. And it's very easy. And I see it, I could see it myself because I have the, the perspective of you know, raising a daughter who's 24 and, you know, having time with my wife, you know, going through that, you know, where it's just about the kid period. But then when they get older, when they 12, 13, 14, 15, they're kind of, in a lot of ways, they're gone a lot. They're doing their mm -hmm. own thing. You know, when we're not in the pandemic, they're going to school and stuff like that. And you, you know, I, I was able to sort of like settle back in to more of a relationship with my wife, more of a relationship with myself, et cetera. And then boom, you know, I'm like a cop that gets shot right before he's about to retire. Another kid comes in, right? Mm -hmm. And I can feel the difference in my relationship just with my wife, where it is literally like we're drinking off a fire hose. It's like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you, did you get the dry clean? Did you, did you pack the lunch? Did you get it? And it, and it, it is easy to be so distracted with mm -hmm. all of these things that are going on. And then when it's removed, you trying to figure out, well, who the hell am I? And how do I deal with it? You, know, you go from crazy levels of stress to like sort of no stress and how to deal with that. So, um, okay. With that as a, as a, in the rear view mirror, mm -hmm. let's move forward to D-Day, right? <laughs> you put your shoes on yeah. and you say, I'm going for a run. Take me back to the day that you put those shoes on, you went out for a run and walk me through what ultimately led into you having a heart attack on that run. Um, okay. So that day I, 
I very clearly remember my husband was have, he had a softball tournament that he was going to in Canada, which we're just like 20 minutes from the Canadian border. So he had packed up his stuff. I was going to go with him, but I decided there was a project that I wanted to finish at home. I was finishing painting my daughter's closet and I was just going to stay home and do that. But I had to go for my run first. And I plugged in my podcast. I was listening to something about marketing and took off on my run. I was only about a quarter of a mile in. I mean, I ran every day. I was training for a fit. Like I was the healthiest probably that I had ever been. So when I started having this stabbing pain in my back, I thought, okay, something's not right here. I kept going <laughs> because that is, like I said, push through, right? You have something uncomfortable, you just push through. So I kept going and then I realized, okay, this is not normal. I turned around to start going home and I remember having this thought, I need to lie down, right? I've got my running shoes on. I've got my running shorts on. I need to lie down. And I was in the middle of the street. Like, why would I lie down? And the only thing that I remember was thinking, I don't want to alarm anyone that might drive by if I'm lying down on the side of the road, right? I was more concerned about what, you know, worrying a passerby than I was about potentially having a heart attack. So by the way, you've adopted more of a Canadian personality than an American personality, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) It's this sort of Canadian, oh, you go first. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I went home and I lied down on the bed and it was getting a little bit better, but I called my husband's aunt and I said, you know, this is going to sound weird, but I'm not feeling well. And I just think that someone should know. And she said, yeah, that's weird to tell someone. So call your doctor. And they told me to go to the emergency room where I, they actually almost sent me home saying that I was having a panic attack. You know, they said, you're a 34 year old woman, you're healthy. We think this is just anxiety, you know, just go home and breathe. And then my blood test came back that I had very high elevated heart enzymes in my blood work and that I needed to go to the cardiac unit. So That is, but they never discovered a reason for my heart attack. Maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but I think that's important to say. I went through months and months of testing and there was no physical reason why this happened. I had to do the work on the back end of this to figure out, okay, if there's no medical reason for this happening, why did it happen? And a lot of prayer and reflection just brought me to this idea that this was the sign that I needed to make a change in my life. And if that's the only reason that it happened, I was okay with that. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, they say first God uh, whispers, then it, then you get hit in the head with a frying pan, right? So, yeah, you know, for you, frying pan. <laughs> you got what you needed. What you needed yeah. was the shit scared out of you to have a blood test say, oh, no, 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 Miss, Miss Fitness America, you just had a freaking heart attack. So, you know, now we move into the world of healthy versus fit you know, mm-hmm. or bal- balanced versus fit. Mm-hmm. Um, I started wearing, I don't know if you uh, heard of this thing, but it's called a whoop. Have you heard of this? I have not. It's, you need to get it. It's amazing. Um, it's, it's brand new technology. And basically what it measures is the, the balance in your nervous system. It's the difference, you know, I'll, I'll, for people listening, I think this is relevant here. So I'll take two minutes on it. You in your nervous system, you have a sympathetic and a parasympathetic system. When you were going with the pot of coffee, you were in all sympathetic. That's when your heart is beating faster without much spacing between the beats. So it's boom, 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 boom. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. It's type A, it's alpha, it's aggressive. That's your sympathetic nervous system. Parasympathetic is the opposite. It's rest and digest. 
It's chilling out. It's meditating. It's relaxing. It's um, laughing. That's when you're your heart's not beating fast. It's going boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. The difference between the variability in your day between boom, 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 sympathetic and boom, 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 parasympathetic is the balance in your nervous system. So this will measure those two systems. And I could see it when I'm stressed and over coffeed and um, going a mile a minute, I wake up the next morning and my HRV will go through, it's heart rate variability is HRV. Mm -hmm. It'll go through the floor. And when I'm meditating and I'm more relaxed, it'll change. And it's the only thing I know that gives me quantifiable data to help with what we're discussing like that. So you'd love this. It's a, it's a great little widget. Okay, I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Yeah, just go, just go to whoop, whoop.com. I'm not even an affiliate, but it's great. Like whoop, like W-H-O-O-P? Like whoop, there it is. You got it. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Okay, so you would figure that the heart attack would be enough for you. And you'd be like, okay, I got it. I got it. I'm done. Yeah. And you chill out. But... Because you didn't have the systems built in place in your life, you just had the, the message. You just had the heart attack, but you didn't have the habits. You didn't have the behavior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the next eight months, you are still stressing. Talk to me about that period and when you finally said enough is enough. Yeah, I immediately thought that I needed to make some changes, right? But when you've lived... 30 some years living one way. It's hard to make the changes and it's scary to make the changes because now, you know, I can think of all the excuses at the time. It's so silly kind of looking back because I know where my life is now, obviously. Um, I could have made these changes, but it's scary. You, you have a full-time job. So you've built a life around a full-time, two full-time incomes. You know, you just different things that, different ways you've made your life, your life based on your decisions, right? And changing that feels really scary. So um, I continued at the same job, even though it was stressing me the heck out for what, almost another year, I guess, and thought that I could just make small changes. Like I stepped down in my department. I ran a health club. I ran, you know, the marketing, the membership, the front desk, everything. And I was like, I can't do all this. So let me just give up some of these things. But what I was realizing was, I could give up all the things and I still wasn't feeling happy. I still wasn't feeling. And I, I realized through, like I said, a lot of journaling, that was probably the biggest thing that really helped me realize what I was thinking and a lot of prayer. And I realized I was living a life that wasn't aligned with my priorities. It didn't matter how many things I gave up at work. All my time and my energy was going to work first. But my priorities, like if you put them on a piece of paper, would say family was first, right? But I had zero energy still to give to my family. You know, they were getting what was left over. And I just got to the point where I realized, okay, all these little changes aren't really helping me or I'm changing the wrong things probably, but these changes aren't helping me live aligned with my priorities. And inside my body, I felt this conflict constantly. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm doing. This is what I say is important. This is what I'm doing. And I think it just creates something in us that you just can't continue to live that way forever. 
And that's when I realized the something big had to change, not just little things. Okay. So what were the things that you look back on now? In other words, if, if I sort of like, you know, now you re, you, you, you did your journaling, you reprioritized your values, you, you reprioritized just what was important to you and you were acting consistent with those values as opposed to inconsistent with those values. What are the big changes that are in your life now other than sort of like looking at those priorities. But if you were to give somebody, you know, a prescription or a checklist or a recipe, what would you say to them is the thing that made the biggest difference? Was it journaling? Was it, I don't work on weekends? Was it meditation? Was it prayer? What was the thing for you that when you look at the 80-20 on this, this doing this thing was the thing that I needed and made the biggest difference to de-stress me and allow me to be more in alignment with what I valued. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing that helped me create the shift and then really makes a difference day to day. I don't do this every day, but when I do it, I can definitely tell a difference is the journaling and the prayer. Because what I was realizing, you know, when, when you just push through things, you're not actually sitting with the way that something makes you feel or you're, I wasn't even realizing what I was thinking about things. I wasn't realizing that I thought I needed to work full time. I wasn't realizing I was taking on everyone else's expectations. I was, I didn't even have time to give to that thought. I was just go, go, go all the time. Cause I thought that's how I was supposed to live my life. But when I took a step back and I started writing these things down, I realized, why? Why am I basing this off of what everyone else expects of me? Why does it have to be this way? You know? And I, I prayed my little heart out too. I was constantly asking for a sign. That was my first prayer. I remember that. I was like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to change this? Just give me a sign. Just give me a sign. And I remember the sign. It was a, an actual sign, like words on a framed, and I should actually have it behind me probably on the wall, but it is in a different room. And it says, oh gosh, I can't remember the exact wording this second, but basically the gist of it is it says, know what is the most important, what's most important to you and have the courage to build a life around the answer. And the part that said courage was really important to me. I said, okay, I know what's important, but do I have the courage to take the action? That's good. Yeah. That's good. Thinking about it, (laughs) but that was my sign. Yeah. I'll tell you why it's good. It's good because it's very easy to say, you know, I, I can, I can look at it through the lens of my own life and maybe somebody who's in a similar situation can see it. But when I think about, you know, what's most important is, you know, my children and my older one's gone now, but the, uh, not dead. She's uh, living in San Diego. Um, <laughs> sometimes, uh, um, uh, and when I think about, you know, having, having the craziness of being almost 55 with a six-year-old, um, and the stress of all of that's associated with it. Well, if my priority is her, then I need the courage to get over work being more important than her and sit down and play Legos when she wants to play Legos. But, but, and that, and that's a sign of courage. So mm-hmm. I love that because it's a very applicable thing. That's, that's really, really good. Okay. So 
when you do your journaling, one of the things that has helped me is I got this from Tim Ferriss. Uh, right at the top of your journal um, for something that you're working on, what would this look like if it were easy? I love that. It's a really good question because it it de-stresses you and allows you to look at this. I, I tend to take things and complicate them further and not make them simple. I, I, I don't know why I've always done that. Um, like everybody is always saying saying this to me, you're making this more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> like I am that guy. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But I, that has that has helped a lot. Okay, yeah. speaking of complicated, you decided that you wanted to go into what I perceive to be, other than being an air traffic controller, I, I perceive this to be probably the most stressful job in the world. But some <laughs> in some weird twist of fate, this actually gives you joy and calmness. I don't know, but it's weird what you do for a living. And what you do is you own a digital marketing company called Jackie Ellis uh, Digital Marketing. And you work with people to help them through things like ads, Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. Most people listening to the show are you know, are either, either they own the brick and mortar thing and they're, they're using, they're thinking about using Facebook ads to drive traffic to their business that way, or they own the uh, digital thing and they're driving ads and it's so confusing and they don't know where to begin. And it's everything from a, I don't know where to begin to B, I thought I knew what I was doing and I wasted a bunch of money, didn't make any money. Or C, I said, screw the whole thing. I'm, I'm giving it to somebody else because I don't want to do it. So I guess the first question before we get into Facebook ads a little bit is why digital marketing? Why digital marketing? Okay, yeah. When my background was fitness, yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem to really make sense, right? Well, no. before... Before my background was fitness, I actually wanted to be a high school English teacher. That was ah. my dream for years. I, now that I have teenagers, I'm kind of happy that I didn't make that decision. <laughs> well, who the hell wants to spend time dangling a participle? I, I understand. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So um, especially, side note, I'm homeschooled. Well, everyone is homeschooling, I suppose, during COVID, but we're actually homeschooling, homeschooling. Like You, you were uh, prior to COVID too? No, we just decided to pull our kids out of school and homeschool instead of doing the online so learning we. type thing. So, so do we. Yeah. Okay. So, so I am we. actually a high way, school English teacher now. <laughs> you are. And a lot of people are making that decision right now. Yeah. I think it was a good decision. Doesn't lower my stress level necessarily, but I am trying... My, my word for the year was actually ease. How do I ease. find ease in the things? Yes. So similar to what you said about journaling. So... Um, I wanted to be a high school English teacher. I've always loved writing. I don't really love the literature aspect of it, but writing. And so when I was running the health club, I did all of the content writing for the club. I loved that. And I learned about Facebook ads when I was running the club. And um, so I actually started to love the marketing aspect more than the fitness. I was kind of done telling people to do push-ups, you know, for 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 a job, you know, and, and count um, and count and counting and counting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, fitness will always be a part of my life. But so um, I decided, okay, what could I do with this? And I was pretty good at it. But really, what I love about marketing is words. That's what I love about marketing. Yeah, it's not stress free because there is a lot of pressure on us to get results for our clients, obviously. But I love figuring out messaging. For clients. I love writing words that people resonate with. That's what got it. it. 
where the got it. So for so for you, it's more about the crafts of generating, stringing together the you know the 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 headline, the subheadline, and thinking about how those words are going to have impact and and get people into a funnel that will ultimately help somebody to create a, uh, a product. So I love that. That's, uh, that's, that's wonderful. That's really good. Now, how long have you been doing it since 2017? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, 2016, I kind of started on the side and then, and I actually did it for only fitness studios. So it was brick and mortar. Ah, so you had a little bit of a niche thing. Yep. And then (laughs) the funny thing about that was I discovered um, online business marketing for online business was so much easier <laughs> than a local market, and so I expanded that way instead of sticking with the fitness industry. But is it because you can find like you could market somebody who's gay living in West Hollywood that's married with a dog named Fifi that likes bodybuilding? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and you know that guy <laughs> exists. He's he's got to be down the block from where I am. So. So it allows you to sort of like nail it and put it down uh, together. Okay. I love that. So for people that want to use your service, who is like, who, who's the one that's a perfect, perfect person? Like who's your perfect avatar? Who would you love to work with? Are you looking for a name or just a description? Oh, you can person. do either. I wasn't thinking of a, a person, <laughs> but if you, but you know, if you want to give me living or dead, if you want to do Jesus's uh, Facebook ads, like wh- whatever, whatever you think, either somebody that, you know, we may know or somebody that, you know, the kind of person that would be good for you. Okay. We'll go with the kind of person. Cause I don't want to leave anyone out. There's so many okay. people that I would love to work with. Um, okay. the kind of person is on a mission to, um, I mean, I feel like this is obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway, to improve people's lives in some way. Okay. All of our clients create, they're mostly course creators or coaches. And whether they are helping other businesses or other people, those people are struggling with something that my clients can help them with. And bring, I'm, I'm starting to think of it this way, a way to bring ease to their lives too right? Mm. Eat or value, or it doesn't have to be about helping them make more money or something like it relieves some kind of pressure for them. I, I think of myself kind of like, like where I was feeling stressed out about things. What could someone else have helped me with in that situation? Right. That's what I want to do for our clients by easing the pressure they feel on their marketing and what I want to help them do for their clients. Right. So really helping people is the most important thing to me. And then knowing that what they have is the thing that people want. That's another important another important quality for me. We tend not to take on clients who are creating something that they're not sure about, you know, that they're wanting to test out into the world. Like no, they know that their ideal customer has this problem and this solves that problem for them. Got it. You know? Got it doesn't it. have to be a specific you know, the course that is our ideal person. It's just, we really want to help people solve problems. Which by the way, is the reason why a lot of these Facebook ads don't work is because people aren't unclear about what yes. you just described. And, and when, you know, what, what's the, uh, the, the phrase is something like um, a confused mind doesn't buy or something like that, you know? Yep. So you've got to know exactly what it is that you want. All mm-hmm. right. So we're going to link up uh, in the show notes to your company. Um, so people can um, contact you and um, learn all about Facebook ads um, through you. 
and what mm-hmm. you do. But I'm going to go into a little different section of the show and we're going to kind of sort of like dip in and out of uh, stress, et cetera. So I'm going to ask you some questions that are going to feel really weird to you. Just roll with it, okay? Great. <laughs> Why do you hate flying? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was not expecting this. You really did your homework here. Okay. Why do I hate flying? I will tell you exactly why. I do not like to be not in control. I don't really like being a passenger in the car either. Are you claustrophobic? Nope. Interesting. So for you, if you're if you're in the seat, somebody else is in control and you can't control what that guy's doing. Yeah. You know, I fly much better after a couple of drinks. Just saying. You, you, well, it's, yeah, I, I get that. I had, uh, <laughs> I had a lady sitting next to me who was freaked out on a plane um, once. And uh, I said, you know, honey, look, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Um, these things, they go up and down every day. You're, you're going to be fine. And, you know, the truth is, if it's, you know, if it's your time, it's your time. And she said to me, I'm not worried about my time. What if it's your time and I'm on this damn plane? Oh, great. Now I have to think about that. (laughs) I do like, I do love to travel. I don't really love to fly, but I'm getting better about it actually. So you will, so you will do it. Oh, I will. I will be a hot mess. I will be a drunk, hot mess, but I will Drunk, hot mess. Okay. Drunk. I'm way more fun to fly with when I'm drunk anyway. So listen, (laughs) I'm much more interested in drunk, hot messes these days. I mean, come on. Okay. So this question I'm going to ask you in light of our conversation off air is going to seem really weird. And don't take this um, as anything. It just dawned on me. I'm looking at my list of questions. I want to ask you that, that this story came up. <laughs> You're going to laugh when you hear it. What's on your nightstand? Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. what's on my nightstand? Okay. The reason why she's laughing that you're not going to hear. So I have to tell people the reason why she's laughing is I just told her about a friend of mine who would kill me if she heard this, did a, an Insta story. And she did the whole Insta story about starting your day off great. And her vibrator was plugged in behind her and she didn't know it. So we were just laughing about that. And now I just asked her what's on your nightstand. So feel free to answer the question however you'd like, but what is actually on your nightstand? Okay. I always have the same things on my nightstand. My nightstand has a book, the latest book that I'm reading. Which is? Which is right now, it's actually not work-related because I've made that promise to myself that at least once a month, one week out of the month at least, I'm going to read something not work-related. So this is a, this is funny. The book title is called, I'm not sorry or sorry, I didn't want to come or something like that. And it's a year of an introvert, an introvert saying yes or something like that. So oh, I know a, the book. Do you? Oh my yeah, gosh, it's I know hilarious. The book. She, she, did, she did a uh, TED Talk, if it's the one I'm thinking of. It's it hilarious. A, yeah, it's, she's, it's, 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 a, it's a female, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she, check, check it out. I think she did a TED Talk. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 She, I think she's like a journalist or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was my kind of non, non-work related book. And then I always have water. I'm trying to drink a lot of water. I always have a big water bottle on my nightstand. That yes. Big? Yes. <laughs> and I have the remote control to my new bed that is one of those split adjustable beds. Oh. It is the best thing in the world for I love to read in bed. I will never go back to a normal bed. I By the way, isn't it, it weird? Isn't it weird the conversations we have as we're getting older? Yes. I mean, it like <laughs> starts to turn around like this shoe is so comfortable. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so comfortable. And my back, oh, it's so good. Um, it's really oh, horrible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for making me realize that. <laughs> it's, when we start going into orthopedics, it, it's interesting. What do, what do people often get wrong about you? Or if you don't want to do you, what do people often get wrong about your work? Well, what do people often get wrong about me? Um, that I'm angry because a lot of times I'm very, I'm a little bit stoic, I guess. Maybe my look is a little bit more serious, like in person. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm just always soaking in everything around me and like trying to process it. So it's not that I'm angry. Um, and then maybe that's a weird thing to say on a podcast because they can't no, see. No, it's not. But, no, but, they can see you because it's a video oh, podcast right, too. Right, it's, right, both, right. it's both. <laughs> Okay, cool. It's both. You're going to be on YouTube for everybody oh. to see your, your face. So don't great, worry about it. Great. My my 16 year old says I have really bad RBF. You know, uh-huh. RBF. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. So, I, 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 know, I, need... I know it well. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So I had to learn what RBF was, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, what people get wrong about what I do. Well, this is funny. A lot of people just don't understand what I do, I think. My husband, to this day, if you ask him what I do, I think he would just say she sits on the computer a lot. Like, I don't think he <laughs> understands the concept of like digital marketing. So I think when you don't understand something, it's easy to make a lot of assumptions about things, you know? Um, but um, yeah. A random question that popped in my head. Who's the guy who had the, uh, the marketing guy who, who started with the... He shot potatoes out of his guns. You know what I'm talking about? Russell Brunson. Yeah, it's like... What, like, is he the guru or is he just all marketing? I don't know how to answer that. I think that he has a lot of good ideas and a lot of people follow his ideas. Uh-huh. I so, sense a little, I sense trepidations. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. And this is yeah. part of my realization in, la- in the last months or years is that he's someone that I followed for a really long time. And I used his methods and I realized it was just another thing that I was making myself conform to, right? It didn't really feel right to use his methods all the time, but I thought that's the way that it had to be done. And I think a lot uh... of people feel that same way because they see him as a guru or you know, if, he, if it works for him, then it should work for me. But what if it doesn't? And I guess that's one of the things that we try and work with our clients is they all think that it's supposed to be done a certain way. And it's like, but is that the right way for you? Is that the right way for your brand? It's so good because even, even things like, you know, we talked about fitness, even things like fitness. I mean, mm-hmm. like if you're, if you're feeling run down and banged up, just because you have back and by on your list today does not mean that you need to go to the gym and bang it out. Maybe you need a recovery day. Or if you're looking right. at a plate of food and you're like, ah, I feel like I don't, I don't want that. Don't eat it. I mean, like there's, you know what I mean? Like there's an intuitive <laughs> sense that we yeah. have to things that we have to figure out. So I love yeah. that. What is something that you do that's hard as shit? It's hard, but it's totally worth it. Something that I do that's hard as shit, but it's totally worth it. Sometimes everything feels hard, Rob. I'm not going to lie. Tuesday. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay. And we're talking about something work-related? No, it could be anything you want. Like what's something like, you know, people think this is hard. Like I get up and I ride my Peloton, whether I want to or not. It's not fun, but are you a Peloton girl? Yeah, all the way. Who's your your go-to instructor? Okay. Allie is number one. Allie Love. Yes. Allie Love. And then Cody. I think he's such a kick. I love his music because he always uses pop music. 
he's my best gay friends I have ever had. And, and he would be perfectly fine with me saying that. He is my, like, I just, I put my wig on yeah. and I get my shit together. That's and right. I just, <laughs> and I, I go, but but I do have a secret crush, uh, crush on uh, a girl uh, from London, Leanne Hamesby. Um, my, uh, yeah, she's my one free pass, I tell my wife. Um, so for those those Pelotoners, and by the way, I think everybody is a Pelotoner. They, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But is there anything that you can think of that like you do that's hard? That's hard, but it's worth it. I think I'm going to leave this to work, uh, okay. responding about work. Growing a team has been one of the most challenging things in my business. You know, yep. I, I... I go through, I feel like cycles or seasons maybe of where it's ease, you know, and it, everything's cruising and then you lose someone and you have to hire yeah. someone. And then, and it, it, it has a lot of highs and lows, I think, you know, and that makes it hard. Recently, probably two months ago, we kind of went through that and it was probably the hardest transition for me because I felt like my team needed me, my family needed me, my clients needed me. And that was a lot of people. Now, when you can satisfy those people and figure that out, that is the most rewarding thing, right? But it's hard. It's really hard. Yep. Yep. I get it. What's one thing that you've not gotten to in your life? And if you don't get to this, you're going to have a lot of regret. I think that, I don't think, I know. I know that I want to get to the place in my business where we can make a decision as a family to live wherever we want to live. And it's not here. Where would that one place, if I had to, not 99, not 98, but 100% where you're like, that's the place I want to go. What would the answer be if if you had to answer right now? Okay. This is kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to tell you, I have a secret fantasy of like, cowboy living on a ranch type life. Now, and is, your husband, is your husband coming with you or are you going to meet yes. the cowboy when you go there? <laughs> He's going to have to be the cowboy. <laughs> your husband's good. How does he look? How does he look in a hat? Yeah. Um, good. Good. Okay, he good. looks good. good. And he, good. he likes cowboy boots. That's good. But <laughs> like horses, land, like the whole, the whole deal. So we Where? went on a trip this last summer to Yellowstone and through Wyoming and all that area. And we're actually looking at property there in Wyoming. It's the number five, I think, place people are moving to right now, Wyoming. Well, then I don't want to go there. I want to go where people are not. Listen, listen, if the entire state of New York moved there, nobody would see anybody. It's, (laughs) there's nothing there. You know, I love it. I love it. (laughs) You love that. You love that. God, God bless you. And are you watching the television show Yellowstone? Oh, we just got a dog and named him Rip. So you're you're all in. Oh yeah, we're all okay. In. Okay. Um, yeah, but we have to be neighbors with Kevin Costner on Yellowstone. You, like I that's mean, the only guys. Way. <laughs> the guy's incredible. I love that. What's an unusual or absurd thing that you love? It's weird. It's unusual, but I love it. <sighs> My gosh, do I have? I'll let, you, I'll let you stall for time. I love house music. I love DJing. I got a DJ set up in my garage and I'm like an old 55-year-old guy mixing house music for 20-year-olds. I love that shit. It's weird. It's weird, but I love it. 
What's one thing that comes up for you? Oh my gosh. I don't, I know there's gotta be something weird. I probably just don't even know that it's weird that other people would think that it's weird. I love country music. Is that weird? Uh No, it's not weird. Oh, no. I mean, okay. What if I tell you, I love, love country music. Um, it's a little, uh, no, it doesn't make a difference, but I did just listen to, um, the, uh, did you watch the Garth Brooks series? Uh, on Netflix, the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you hear him and uh, Trisha doing the, uh, the re the redo, uh, of shallow? No, I don't think that I did. It's amazing. Listen, listen to it. It's, it's it's number, number three on, on, uh, Spotify now it's, uh, Trisha and Garth. He has not done a song in a long freaking time. Um, and it's amazing. You'll get chills when she hits the chorus. Are there any positions or opinions in the last few years, or it could be way back that you've changed your mind substantially about where you're like, I used to think this way. Mm-hmm. I don't think that way anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Co- I was just talking to my team about this actually, because we're just about to relaunch um, a, our course, a marketing course. And we were talking about the benefits of like why people want to run Facebook ads and that sort of thing. And I used to think that either building a business or running Facebook ads was so that, and I think a lot of people think this actually, so that you can have your business automated in the background while you're sitting on the beach drinking a pina colada, right? Yep. That sounds yep. like that sounds like the dream, right? It's, it's the cover of Tim Ferriss's book, yeah. Yeah. So, but what I realized was that's not something that I totally buy into. What I buy into is, and here's a perfect example from my last week, I need a business that can continue running with me when I have to take my dog or my daughter to the emergency room or when, which actually happened, or when carpool, I I have to last minute, you know, do carpools for sports or like, like everyday life stuff. Why am I building Mm. a business for the one or two weeks that I want to be gone per year, right? Uh, On vacation, I need to build a business that supports me in my everyday life. And for the emergencies. Well, you know, this is an interesting conversation because um, my wife and I, have, we, we just did a podcast on this um, last week. So it's, it's kind of timely. I think there are, there are kind of two people. There's the person that says, I love, love, love what I do. I'm a coach. I love it. I could do it all day long. It's great. Mm-hmm. And um, they want to have Facebook ads and they want to have more products that are coming to courses so that they can basically automate it behind the scenes. So they could, mm-hmm. if they wanted, if they wanted to do, you know, a year in Thailand, they can do a year in Thailand and they can have money coming in while they're doing it. Or it, they're not, they're not tied to, if they have to take their daughter to the emergency room, they, they don't have to be there. Mm-hmm. And within that space, there are a lot of things that if you're not careful, when you leave your brick and mortar job, and you move into a digital thing that you think is highly leveraged. If you're doing something like coaching, that's not so highly leveraged. It's one-on-one. And if you do four coaching clients in a day, well, half your day is gone where you got nothing done but the four people that you coached, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So using somebody like you to, yes, if you're new, new to coaching and you want to get more coaching business, that's great. But be very aware that that is not scalable. Mm -hmm. Even though there's no overhead, you probably will get paid very well for it. It is not a scalable thing. But when you're sending traffic to something like courses, that's scalable. That's you can sell a million of those as effectively as you can sell one hour of coaching. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's really, really important to do and having the freedom, like, you know, for example, we did four months uh, living in Italy and we have a, uh, one of our assets that we have is a network. My wife built a network marketing business and there was a lot of income that came in that was automated that we didn't have to work for those four months. That was nice. So one of the things I think is beautiful about what you're doing is giving people the ability to take a sabbatical to Italy if they want to take a sabbatical once they figure it out. You know that like we mm-hmm. get one shot at this life. We can we can go on a run one day and find out we had a heart attack, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to wrap up with you with some rapid fire questions. Just give me the first thing that comes to mind. What would your friends say is one of your superpowers? And being analytical. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. You said I rapid like that. fire. I didn't. No, that's good. That's good. That's but what I, I want. But I think it's for, true. I that think. is a, actually it's an asset. What keeps you up at night? Oh goodness, a lot of times thinking about my clients. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do, do you collect anything? No. Or have you ever? No. What do people never ask you, but you wish they did? See, my analytical brain is getting in the way of this right now. <clears throat> well, use it. To, use it to your advantage. Mm-hmm. This is really geeky. I wish Uh that people asked me about grammar more. Isn't that stupid? I wish they asked me the correct way to say something. Because you know that I'm thinking it in my head. But nobody ever asks. By the way, that that (laughs) is... um, You need to end that sentence with says the grammar police. Um, I, I love, I love that because it's... Well, listen, it's all coming together, right? (laughs) It's your, it's your analytical brain. Mm -hmm. It's your love for writing. And your, you know, your structure that you have in your life, that, (laughs) that grammar is a, is a high priority for you. I mean, who does not love all these things, right? Well, (laughs) but listen, this is making me sound really exciting. No, 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 no. it does. Well, it may not make you sound like the most exciting person on Saturday (laughs) night, but I tell you what it will do. What it will do is make somebody who goes, I'm not good at grammar and this is exact, like we want the surgeon who's anal putting the scalpel in alignment when he's about to cut on us. Absolutely right. That's Can right. Can we just leave it there? Okay. What <laughs> book have you reread the most? Okay. I was going to say a business book, but I'm going to try and add some excitement here. Okay, okay. There's this book called What I Was Doing While You Were Breeding. And it is written by. Yeah, like breeding, like making babies. And it was written by um, one of the writers on the sitcom, How I Met Your Mother. It was a female writer on an all-male writing staff. And she tells a story basically of her adventures of her love life traveling around the world when when they were on break from writing the show. And it is flipping hilarious. If you want to live vicariously through a young woman traveling the world with a bunch of lovers, it is... I am such an entertaining book. Okay, I am for sure getting that. Give me the title again, please. What I was doing while you were breeding. What I was doing while you were breeding. Okay, I must have read it. Like I read it every summer, just about because it is such a good summer read. All right, so I got one for you. It's called The Reluctant Tuscan. It's written by a comedy writer whose wife had the brilliant idea to move him 
to a villa in Tuscany. Think under the Tuscan sun. Yeah. But through the eyes of an old New York Jewish comedy writer, (laughs) you can, I mean, you're laughing just the concept, right? (laughs) Being in trying and him explaining what it's like trying to talk to the neighbors who don't speak English, what it's like trying to talk to the contractors, but written through a comedy writer's perspective. You will pee your pants. It is freaking (laughs) hysterical. You'd love that. You'd also love a podcast I just did with the creator of um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, His name is Phil Rosenthal. Yeah. And he now has a Netflix show called Somebody Feed Phil. And you will love both of those. Those are really, really good. Good. I All loved right. Everybody Loves Raymond. I love that show. Oh, he's a great guy. He's, yeah. you'll, you'll, he's, he's wonderful. Um, $300 million later in syndication, he's doing just yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> Uh, two more questions. What is your yep. guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure. I feel like I should come up with something more creative, but I love cheap wine. <laughs> oh my God. You wine. just, you gave me a heart attack. Why? Who? What? How? What do you mean? Am I supposed what? to say expensive? Like, no, 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 wine? but no, 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 no. But the whole <laughs> thing with wine Oh my God, you're giving me a heart attack here. (laughs) The whole thing with wine is, is what vineyard did it come from? What grape is it? What time of the year? When was it harvested? What is it about cheap wine that you love? Is it just the buzz? Um, No, I like my, my taste has always been more towards sweet tasting things. Ah. And cheap wine tends to be sweeter. Like I I never drank wine until just a couple of years ago. And because I didn't really like the dry, I was always exposed to like Chardonnay or something that's just kind of really dry and I didn't like it. And when someone introduced me to sweeter, cheap wine, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can okay, do this. Okay. So, all right. But it's, so it's not necessarily that you're after the two, the two buck Chuck. It's more no, that what you're looking for is, you know, that's that cheaper wine tends to be sweeter and mm-hmm. that's your preference for wine. What yeah. we need to do is find you an amazing port that's high quality, that's sweeter, that you're like, oh, this is better than this shit I've been drinking. We're going to have to fix but this. But my habit is going to become way more expensive then. I mean, I'll turn my camera for a second. I have a wine cabinet that holds about 200 bottles of wine behind me. And look, oh. I've, I've, I've gone through most of it already. So now it's just getting... <laughs> Through quarantine, that used to be a lot more full than it is now, just saying. And now I've had to resort to the cheaper wines. So. I know, I know. <laughs> wine wine sales has gone up six, have gone up 6,000% yeah. since this happened. All right, so last question. Do you have any final words, suggestions? Well, actually, no, I'm gonna ask you a different question before we do that one. What one question would you like to ask me? I would like to ask you, when we spoke not on this podcast, separate from this, yep. you said something to me uh, like about your business that yep. just hit me so hard. I can't remember the exact wording that you used, but you were so clear that you... Something about regret that you said, right? And I want to know why that's so important to you. 
Well, the reason why it's important for me is I, I had to really do some soul searching and try and figure out, well, what am I doing here? What am I doing with this podcast? What am I doing with these masterminds of trips? I'm taking people all around the world that you see behind you. What am I doing with this course that I'm creating, which is uh, my, my wife and I are creating how to, how to live a, um, a dream life. Like, what am I, like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I helping people with? And the answer to the question that continually came up for me is I want them to avoid regrets. I don't want them to come to the end of their life and say, I've always wanted to live in Yellowstone and I never did it. I've always wanted to go truffle hunting in Tuscany and I've never did it. I've always wanted to get out of the... Uh, the cubicle, the brick and mortar building, uh, being a chiropractor, being a personal trainer. I've always wanted to, but I, I never did it. And regret weighs heavy on me. And I think we are all, if, not, if this year or last year has not shown us that any freaking thing can happen, the capital can get storms, a pandemic can happen, Right. If this year is an indication that tomorrow is not promised, then we owe it to ourselves to gain clarity on what it is that we want and figure that out. And I want to be the guy that somebody can come to that they can go, I don't know exactly what it is, but I have an idea. Or I know what it is, but I need a little direction. Or I have it and I'm working on it, but I'm getting... I'm demotivated and defeated because it's been hard. I want to be the resource that people can go to, whether it's listening to a podcast, taking a course, coming with me on a mastermind that will facilitate an environment that will help them to avoid their regret. That gives me goosebumps. I love that. You're, you're essentially taking people's priorities and helping them have the courage to take action on that. I love that. Yeah, because it's in there. It's in there. People, people know what it is. That's, that's, why, that's why I ask you these weird questions because inside of these weird questions are how you think and what you value. But it's mm -hmm. just, you know, whether I'm asking you about what you collect or I'm asking you about why, why you like cheap wine, there's a, there's a thread that goes through all of it that is the fabric of what's important to you and what you value. So I think we have a lot of synergy here because I do it on the general ends, but you do it on the very, what was the word? Analytical ends. You do it on the analytical end by, by taking this big idea of, you know, what every woman says to me, which is, I want to, I the, the thing that I hate the most, forgive me, is when people say to me, I want to empower women. I hate that. Is it bad that I'm a woman and I agree <laughs> with you? <laughs> I, I, I hate it. Because I'm like you and everybody else, what makes you different? How do you want to impact? What way do you want to impact them? Help me help help you. You're just one more cute girl in a hat, you know? That's like, you know the hat? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about where they're laughing with the big California hat? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. You just one more girl in a big hat. <laughs> I, th I think too, what bothers me is who's, who's telling these women that they're not empowered? Like why are women believing that they're not empowered? Where is Listen, this come from? I got the wrong, I got the wrong chromosome to answer that question, <laughs> but this has been 
fun. I loved it. Do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening? I do. Um, if you, if anyone listening would like to know more about our services or wants to check out our course that is launching, you can just visit jackie-ellis.com slash training. We're putting up a training. Beautiful. And I'm going to link everything up in the show notes so people can get a hold of you directly. So Jackie, thanks for doing this. Thank you. It was a delight to talk to you. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.